Well, good morning and welcome to day two of Start Strong 21, where I just want to play a small part in you having your best year ever. Jumping on here every morning for 20 odd minutes to give you a shot in the arm to get you as much momentum so you can come out of the blocks and, uh, and absolutely crush this year, right? I know that you have to do a certain amount of activity in 2021 to make it your breakthrough year. The earlier that we can get you on the A curve, the earlier we can get that momentum, then of course, the more momentum you build, the more people you can put on, the more services and products you can sell, the more cash flow you get, and the bigger the business that you have. So that's the purpose here, is to bring some energy right to the start of the year for you uh, and give you that big push, pull, poke, prod, gouge, whatever it is that you need. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm looking at a bunch of screens here. I've got your questions coming through. I'm watching the people coming on at a really fast rate. So uh, it is amazing. We've ended up with, uh, I think we're at something like 610 people registered for Start Strong now, which is which is pretty amazing. All right. Remember yesterday we talked a fair bit about you. Uh, and we're actually going to be circling back to talking about you on a subsequent morning later in the week. But now I just want to get back to some tactics, right? And some some really kind of just, just brutal facts that you need to be thinking through at this time of year. Uh, but I have a question for you first. I have a question for you first. Would you like to be that influential kingdom entrepreneur in your area? Is that a dream of yours? Would you like to be a bit of a go-to person in your area by other businesses, by other community groups, maybe even by the local council, the mayor? Would you like to be that influential person that people look to as somebody with wisdom and expertise? If that's a yes, then I need you to find the question box and just simply put in there something like, yes, uh-huh, for sure, amen, that's me, whatever. You can put an emoji in there if you can work out how to do it. I'm all for those. All right, see them coming in. This is awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes, it is for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Heck yes. Uh, hell yes. Love that one. Absolutely. Yes. Amen. Sister. Uh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's me currently. Good. Yes. That. Yes, 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 yes. That's me. Yes, yes. Emoji, emoji, praying hands, thumbs up, smiley face. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, very, very good. Um, yes, 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 yes. If it glorifies God, absolutely, you beauty. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, cool. Well, then, if that is what you want, then today's topic is vital. <laughs> because we're going to be talking about numbers actually numbers here on this call. So not necessarily hashtags. <laughs> actually, we're going to be talking about numbers because you cannot, you cannot build a phenomenal business. You cannot reach your potential as a kingdom entrepreneur or even just as an entrepreneur if you do not fall in love with the numbers in your business. And yet I meet people all day, every day that tell me they just don't like numbers. Like being an entrepreneur and not liking numbers is about as smart as wanting to be a racing driver, but you're scared to go fast. It's kind of not going to work. 
all right? It's an area that even if you don't naturally like numbers, you must learn to like them. By the way, you will learn to love them. Once you get your head in the numbers of a business and you can start to see the information that it brings you and the decision-making power that you get from it, you will absolutely fall in love with numbers, even if you don't love them today. Just by doing it, you will learn to love it. All right. So I want to run through practically some of the numbers that you need to be measuring. And if you think that you've seen this before from me, and I can see a whole bunch of names of people that have been in my world for a while, if you think you've seen it before, I'm going to end this by setting it up very differently. And you wouldn't have heard it this way before. So hang on in there. All right. So the first thing that you absolutely must be doing on a consistent basis is looking at your profit and loss. Profit and loss. Like it is a it is a very simple, basic document that lets you know what's going on in a very short window of time. Of course, it's always it's always looking back, right? Your profit and loss is looking backwards. It's not like some of the other documents, like a cash flow forecast, which I'm not going to get into because it's a big topic. A cash flow forecast allows you to look forward. Uh, a a PL allows you to look back. But you can look at a PL during a month and you can get a, like a state of the nation with how business is going during the month. If you can't read a PL, actually, if you can't read a PL, go learn one. If you are refusing to learn how to read a PL, then possibly being a PAYG employment situation would be better for you. If you can't even get your head around learning how to read a PL, I don't know that business is the way forward for you. Because it's not difficult, right? You learned, you learned your products and services. You can learn how to read a PL, right? It's way easier than all of the other knowledge you've got to run your business. So, so a simple PL, right? And, and and please, please. Like I'm trying to speak from experience, right? I was producing a PL report back when I first started business coaching when I had 10 clients and they were all invoiced the same amount every month. Like I had the information up here. I didn't necessarily need PL. I it, the, the business was so small, right? Back when I first started, that I knew every dollar in and every dollar out and I knew profitable. But it's not about that. Right back in the beginning, when you if you've got a small business today and you're just starting out or you've only got a handful of clients, it's not even, I'm not saying this to you so that you get the report. I'm saying this so that you build the discipline inside of you of valuing the numbers so that when your business gets bigger, the discipline is already inside of you and the numbers don't get away on you. Because when you scale a business and you don't steward it, it's super dangerous where you end up. So I'm talking here about getting an accounting program, zero um, QuickBooks online, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole bunch of them. I nearly said my ob. That would have been a mistake. All right. So we're talking here about reviewing your PL. And if you can't do that, well, that's a problem. Basically, a, a profit and loss statement is simply this all your incomes, right? That's all the money that flows in, minus your variable costs, or as we might also say, cost of goods sold, COGS. So it's all your incomes minus the variable costs that fluctuate minus all the fixed costs that don't really fluctuate tells you whether you're making a profit or a loss. It, it's really that simple. Money in, money out. Is there any leftover? That bit's easy. 
The thing that I really want to push you to do, though, is start to get some percentages of each of these, right? So basically, we need to know all of our line items here in our expenses as a percentage of turnover, as income. So, and here's the reason why, right? Let's say wages is a line item down here. And if I've got income of 100,000 for the month and my wages is 27,000 for the month, then all things being equal, I've got a 27% wages bill. Well, the reason why that's important to know and, and, and to document is because now I can look at this every single month and I can see that you know last month was 27,000, this month was 28,2, next month was 26,8, but the next month was 32,000 in wages or 32% in wages. I'm like, I've got a problem. And I can very quickly highlight that something has gone wrong because it was 27 and now it's 32. And then I can look at that situation and go, oh, no, it's okay. Um, you know, I've just, I've added some more staff because I want to start something new. Or actually there's a problem because I put Shelly ahead of rostering and she's not doing a good enough job. She's putting too many people on shift, right? So, so just by getting some percentages of some of the core numbers in your P&L, you can get a really quick read on the trend of that number whether it's up, down, or sideways, all right? Now, that process is probably going to take you, you know, three minutes to print off a P&L and another six minutes to get some percentages, and then you can put it into a folder of all your other P&Ls and start to chart well, these important numbers, whether they're up, down, or sideways, all right? So very, very simple report. But that's not all the numbers that I believe you need to manage in a business. This is like learning how to walk. This is entry level numbers 101. The other levels, the other numbers that I think you need to be looking at, and there are literally, there are literally heaps of possible numbers and metrics that you should be measuring. But I just basically want to pick on these four because I think they are absolutely foundational for every single one of us to be able to spot the health of our business. Okay, so this these two numbers here, right? CAC and LTV. I, you can't scale a business when you don't know these two numbers, right? Your customer acquisition cost, right? What it's costing you to buy a customer, what it's costing you in marketing money to get a customer. So your customer acquisition cost versus your the lifetime value of a customer. Lifetime value. Not what are they worth to you on one transaction or three transactions, but over the life of the relationship on as an average, what is that client worth to you, right? So we start to get some numbers. We might be running five different marketing pillars, spending money on all five marketing pillars. Well, each marketing pillar probably has a different acquisition cost. So we divide them into each other and we get an average. We go an average customer is costing me whatever, 64 bucks, 128 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever your number is. So if, and then we so once we know that number, say $68, we then got to know what are they worth over the life. And you may not have been in business long enough to be able to do that. And that's okay. Because if you've been in business one year and you already know, you can get the data to know what they're worth for one year. If they're already profitable, right? Meaning that you spent less to buy them than you made for them in one year, then of course the numbers are brilliant because. Some of these people will stay with you in year two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which means that if it was already profitable in one year, then it's going to be very profitable into the future. But you, I don't understand how you can scale a business 
without knowing what it costs you to buy a customer and how much you're going to make off them. Because the delta between those two numbers is the profit for the business. All right. So, so you need to know your customer acquisition cost and your LTV. And it, by the way, it's really, really simple. This, this number here, this is your total marketing budget divided by number of new customers. Total marketing budget divided by number of new customers tells you what each customer is costing you as an average. Lifetime value is a little bit longer. You have to pull that report over time. So uh, this next one is really important to me, leads by source. So I want to know which marketing pillars are producing the leads in my business. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to measure the dollars now. I'm literally trying to go, okay, well, I'm, you know, I've got 10 marketing pillars. Facebook have produced me three leads this month. Google AdWords, 19 leads. BNI produced me six. Yellow Pages, zero again, right? And start to get a read on which marketing pillars are producing leads. The reason why this is really important is because, again, you need to get a picture on which pillars are working so that you can take money away from the ones that don't work and redeploy that capital to the ones that do work. And then of course, you know, you've been a good steward and you're channeling money where it matters. So you need to know leads by source, which leads are coming from which marketing pillar. This one here is a productivity metric and we call it billable versus actual, but it may not look like that in every business. Okay. So if, if you're the kind of business that sells time or if you're the kind of business that, you know, does sells units, uh, then this is a really simple way to go. Okay. So billable versus actual. If we took a mechanic, for example, um, a mechanic, one of the technicians gets paid eight hours a day, right? So they have eight hours that they got paid. But I want to know how many of those eight hours did they bill to a customer? And by the way, for those of you who are in that type selling time, selling hours type business, it's nearly, it's nearly across the board, this clear cut. If you pay somebody eight hours and they bill five to a customer, you lose money. If they bill six hours a day to a customer, you'll break even. If they bill seven hours a day, you'll make a profit. If they bill seven and a half you're doing incredibly well. It's nearly that, that doesn't matter whether it's hairdressing, like any of those technical type services. But what this is, is you, you need to get a read on productivity for each individual employee, meaning the employee cost me this and they contributed this. And I need to be able to see that as, as a person, as a cost base, as an employee, that they are individually contributing to the bottom line. When you don't have the ability to read productivity at an individual level, <coughs> then, then, then time and time again, what I see is I see businesses that their revenue increases, their payroll increases at the same rate, and there's no more profit. So they have bigger turnover, they have bigger wages, but their profit doesn't increase. And the reason being is because they haven't got a read on how to measure productivity for each individual staff member to see that they're profitable. So in the absence of having the data, they think that the only way to fix it is add more people to become more efficient. And that doesn't work. And how do we know? Because our governments have been trying that for a long time and they would have to be the most 
inefficient organization on the earth. And then the last little number that I always want to know is if you sell multiple products and services, then, um, then you should start to get some data on which ones are most profitable. Okay. So, so at the moment, right, if you've got multiple products, there would be, there would be certain revenue coming from those. There would be certain cost base in the business attributed to delivering those. And it would be really good for you to drill down and say, okay, well, that product brings in this much money, but it actually chews up this much of our organization administrationally. This product doesn't bring in as much revenue, but it actually doesn't have hardly any administration costs. It's more profitable. Okay. And the reason why it's important, because then you can redeploy your marketing budget to sell the products and services that are most profitable. Okay. Kind of makes sense for you to do it that way. So, so by just going, okay, you know, as an organization, it, it, it takes this much effort, effort being team, hours, dollars, resources. It takes this much effort to sell that product and service. How much does it bring in? It takes this much effort to sell that product and service. How much does it bring in? Start to get a read on the differences, find the most profitable, and then just go and sell more of those. Basically, what will happen is that doesn't necessarily increase your revenue. That could very well just increase your profit for the same amount of effort. Okay, which is a nice thing to know. So there are four numbers that I think you should do. Listen, it is as simple as this. If you've got a really small business, this is not gonna take you a huge amount of time. And, the, and if you've got a really small business, then the one thing you do is have is time. If your business is a little bit bigger and a little bit more complex, then it would be worth, it would be worth you paying your bookkeeper an extra hour a month to compile this information and send it to you, right? That would be the best use of your 60 bucks an hour or 80 bucks an hour or whatever you end up paying your bookkeeper. Like it would be a very good use of your time to say to the bookkeeper, hey, on top of what you normally do, I want you to compile all these numbers and send me a report. After you've reconciled on the third of the following month, I want a report from you with these numbers. And then you need to have the discipline to block out an hour in your diary to sit down with your favorite tea or your favorite coffee and run through your numbers and compare them to last month. It's what gives you the knowledge and the decision-making ability to deploy money to grow a business quickly, okay? Why is it, here's my, I've got two final questions for you. Why is it that listed companies and big businesses will, you know, a listed company, for example, will bring all the executives, all the board members for a full day, you know, to pull the business apart every single month. So every month, the entire board come together and they wrestle with the numbers and the reports. And they look at where are we going and what's our one year plan and what's our 90 day plan and how we track it and how was last month and what do we do to fix it? How do we get sales up? How do they are getting a read on the data to be able to make educated decisions. If it's good enough for a listed company on the stock exchange to do that, it should be good enough for you, irrespective of size. Even if it's not so much about the decision making, it's about the discipline inside of you so that when your business does grow, you've got the discipline and the numbers don't get away from you. Listen, all of this, for me, I'm not trying to give you tasks for the sake of tasks or management for the sake of management. All of this 
from my perspective, when I do it in my business and I review the numbers, I'm in the PL at least four times a month, every single week. When I review my numbers, it's for one purpose. Actually, it's for more than one, but there's one that really stands out. And that is so that I can ask myself the question, who am I hiring next? All of this is to get a read on the health of the business so that I can be confident to make the jump to hire the next person. Because you cannot build a great business with the team that you have today. You can build a great business when you add more team members. And the way that you get the confidence to go and hire, and you should always be hiring, the way you get the confidence to go and hire is you know that the numbers work. It's like if I add this person in, I'm scaling a business that is already profitable, right? That's what this information tells you. When you know that you're making more money over the life of the customer than it costs you to get them, you know that you can scale that kind of business. When you know that your leads are coming in and they're profitable and they're coming from good sources, you can scale that, right? When you have profitable products and services, you know. So when you have a read on this information, it gives you the confidence to go, we are a good profitable business. I need to blow it up. You, ca you can't blow it up without adding more people. Right. So the whole purpose why I go through this, and for those of you that have seen this, this kind of thing from me before, please understand that we're doing this so that we have the confidence to go, right, I need to jump and I need to hire because we need to hire early and quickly so that we can scale the business. Well, gang, that brings us to the end. But I want to know from you, I want to know from you, what was the top one thing that jumped out to you from this morning's session, please? Yes. I do actually review the questions thread. Yes, I see what you write. <clears throat> I want you to quickly go to the questions box and put in there for me, what's the top one thing that jumped out to you on this morning's session, please? All right, we've got some flying in. Uh, disciplines, CAC, LTV, CAC, uh, just the general importance of numbers, how to read a P&L, profit and loss, CAC. Always be hiring good, the importance of numbers generally, how to view my staff productivity, good, knowing your numbers, good, 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 monthly invoices, and far too many for me to read in real time because they're flying in. Guys, hopefully that's a shot in the arm. Please do something with this information. Ring your bookkeeper today and say, hey, I need you to start compiling some more reports for me. Put some systems in your business so you're actually capturing this data. That way you'll have information to make smart decisions and you'll also be a good steward of the business where it is today, and then it can scale and grow, and the Lord can breathe on it, and it'll be a bigger business in the future. Bless you guys. Love you heaps. See you tomorrow.